0: They need another big wing player. I think they're just one guy away. Upgraded center. They want to add in that position. I think they're like half a player away from being the best team in the NBA. Adrian Wojnarowski the best there is breaking this news.
1: Take the break. Got it. Who's first three? Bingo. He hits it. Is he the guy to go all in for? There's a tremendous market for him.
0: The first domino has fallen. Welcome to the Woj and Lowe trade deadline special. We are 22 hours from the NBA trade deadline. I'm Zach Lowe. This is ESPN Insider Extraordinaire, Adrian Wojnarowski. We are ready to go. Let's not waste any time. Let's start at the very top of the league. How's that sound? Let's do it, Zach. The Bucks, the 43 and seven Milwaukee Bucks. Normally a team 43 and seven would not really need to do anything. They have the best record in the NBA. It's not close. They also have Giannis Atatacumpo's free agency in a year, but the Supermax offer this summer bearing down on them how much pressure are they under after losing four straight in the conference finals
1: last year to go all in now well there's no question especially with Giannis's free agency hovering over them they would love this summer to get an extension done and not have that year of uncertainty heading into 2021 when he could be unrestricted the best chance they have of securing that win a championship this year and the same thing, you you want to make him in play as a free agent, beat Milwaukee
0: in the playoffs. I thought they might make a play for Robert Covington. The price ended up being too high. The guy that, if they want to do something, the guy that all of these teams are calling about is Dante DiVincenzo. The Bucks love Dante DiVincenzo. But if they package him, that Indiana pick that they own, and some filler salary, they could get someone uh, uh, maybe with more experience. But I don't sense that they're they are risk averse, right? They're
1: yeah. they they're worried about their chemistry. Th- there's no question, and that's I think the, the quandary they're in because this is a team that is running roughshod over the league, in and the they love each season. other. They love each other. When I say worried about their chemistry, I mean they don't want to mess up what they, they it's perfect right now. Th- that's right, and so they're they're really particular about who they introduce to that group, and also who they take out of it. Uh, this is a team right now that, you know, they could be the team in a buyout market where there's a specialist out there after the trade deadline who can fill a specific need for them. But I think this is a team and, and you said risk averse is a term I've heard there. But they've been active and they're talking and they're looking where can we help this team if they could bring in more shooting. Mike Budenholzer never has oh. enough shooting, but that is at such a premium in the league what it would cost you to bring in a player who could impact in that way, they're probably not willing to pay and right
0: you now. You put a knockdown 40% shooter next to Giannis. It, it's like a super elixir and, and that's true. But the more, the more interesting, if you had to break down the league into three top contenders, it's Milwaukee and the LA team. So let's go to LA. The Lakers and the Clippers are in a little bit of a standoff right now with 22 hour. Are you going to do something or are you going to do something? And it concerns Andre Guadala. Marcus Morris, and I think the Lakers are on the hunt for a ball handler. If, if, if those other two options don't pan out, maybe they get one of each. One gets Andre, one gets Marcus Morris. What, what's going to happen? Start with the Lakers. What are we
1: hearing? Yeah. And and one more. Darren Collison, who may return to the NBA sometime in February. Uh, there's no question. Each is kind of looking warily at the other because it's not just if you get a player of need, you're keeping it from the other team. This is a true arms race in LA. Uh, They're competing in every way. They did in free agency this summer. They're going to probably do it, maybe in the conference finals to, to get to the NBA finals. Uh, but I think Iguodala is a player both teams hope doesn't get traded and somehow gets a buyout in Memphis. Now Memphis is insisting that is not All going run. to happen. Uh, I think the Lakers have shown a little more inclination to get involved in perhaps a trade for Iguodala, but they haven't gotten down the road with that. So uh, him and then Marcus Morris in New York, that's another player both teams the last couple days uh, have really been uh, probing for and then get, trying to get a sense of what's the other guy doing, what's the other guy willing to offer, how far should we go, and they're doing that all over the league with available players.
0: Uh, the Clippers have more to offer in terms of draft picks. The Lakers can't functionally trade a first-round pick right now. Um, however the Lakers do have Kyle Kuzma and that look that's the lever like they like Kyle Kuzma he's a good young player but that's the only way they get into some of these conversations we've heard him floated for lots of different guys including not Marcus Morris not Andre
1: Iguodala, but point guard types right yeah and here's the hard part of trading uh Kyle Kuzma he is still on his rookie contract he makes just over two million dollars a season and so if you're trading him for a, an established veteran player he's probably making maybe six seven eight times that. How do you stack up the contracts to make the money work without cutting into your depth with the Lakers and impacting your roster? And the guy you're getting maybe doesn't uh, do enough uh, to help your team to justify it, but they are in an absolute win now mode. So aren't the Clippers. And if they think they could upgrade on Kuzma uh, and, and even understand, listen, we may regret trading him in three or four years when he's fully developed, we need to know we can count on this guy. We can put him on the floor in endgame situations, in the playoffs, in the NBA finals. I don't know if they think that's who he is
0: yet. And we've heard uh, it, not just Iguodala and Marcus Morris, but you know Spencer Dinwiddie, Dennis Schroeder, I think that they've made some calls on. So we'll, we'll see where they end up. And, and the Marcus Morris thing got more interesting on many levels yesterday with the Knicks removing their president of basketball operations and apparently changing course. But also... Um, the Wolves getting two first-round picks effectively for Robert Covington, I think, has the Knicks saying, okay, see, see, Robert, Marcus Morris maybe we think is better than Robert Covington. That's the asking price. Then you have the counter being, well, Marcus Morris is on an expiring contract. Robert Covington has three years left. These
1: things all get very dicey toward the end. And the Clippers thought they were going to get a deal with Morris this summer. Uh He moved on, committed to the Spurs, and then ended up with the Knicks. Uh One thing the Clippers have not done – uh, my sense is they won't do is put Landry Shamit in a trade to the Clippers or to the Knicks. That's who New York wants, but I'm, I've been told Shamit is off limits in those talks. Interesting, Sham, Shamit off limits. I mean that that's could
0: be a centerpiece of the package. And I guess I get the the uh, the inclination is that the Knicks are open for
1: shopping. I guess now, absolutely. And I think that changed when the regime changed. I think ownership uh, and whoever is in ownership's ear right now. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people. Um, who have access to Jim Dolan, who have opinions. But one thing that did change was the idea of trying to re-sign Marcus Morris to a longer deal this summer. The plan now is let's see what we can get for him in terms of a draft pick, perhaps a young player, before Thursday's deadline.
0: Interesting. Well, when we come back, we'll talk about the Houston Rockets, a team that actually already made a trade, the Philadelphia 76ers, and some other swing teams. And there are a lot of swing teams right now. We don't quite know exactly what they're going to do, but it's going to be a fun next 22 hours. We'll talk about it next. This weekend, our NBA Saturday primetime game is a strictly West Coast affair. LeBron, AD, and the first place Lakers are at the Chase Center to face the Warriors. Our coverage tips with The Jump at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on ABC, and you can always watch both on the ESPN app from anywhere. The Low Post Podcast, new episodes weekly. Listen on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. Welcome back to the Woj Low Trade Deadline Special. We actually had a trade, a four-team, 12-player 12 player, trade.
1: 12, four-team, 12-player
0: 12 trade. Whew. I'm tired already thinking about that. Uh The centerpiece was the Rockets, I think, acquiring uh Robert Covington in exchange for Clint Capella and a bunch of other things happened. It's a really interesting trade by the Rockets, trading their only playable center, or the only one getting any rotation minutes lately. Um, What does it tell us about what this team thinks of itself and where it's
1: going now? Well, in a lot of ways, listen, this could be the last stand of Coach Mike D'Antoni. He's in the last year of his contract. They broke off talks about an extension. And in a lot of ways, you just see Mike D'Antoni going all in on what he believes in, uh, their system. And and same with Dale Mori, the GM. I mean, they they have a lot of very similar thoughts about uh, pushing the limits of this game. In a lot of ways, both of them have innovated of, of what the modern NBA looks like. And they're going to go small, and they they value the idea of that 3-and-D player and Robert Covington a wing over a center in Clint Capella that more than one executive in the West said to me, thank God Clint Capella's out of the West. Out of the West. He's in the East. We're glad he wasn't traded somewhere else in our conference. Well, I think it's interesting because swapping
0: uh, Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook traded it's changed everything about the fabric of this team. And and they've just concluded, look, Russ is not a three-point shooter anymore. He's not a jump shooter. We can't have two guys who can't shoot on the floor. It just doesn't work. So we're going to just go all in on if, if we have to trade big for small, we'll do that. Now, they're 15th in defense as things stand now. That's not good enough. And I don't know how they're going to get good enough with this roster. That's, they're, they're counting on turnovers and pace. And if you try to offensive rebound against us and you don't get it, bam, we're running out with Russ. Okay. That's great to win the NBA title, which is the goal here. You know that this ownership group is not going to be, you know, satisfied with losing in the second round or something. You got to play defense and, and that's where the rubber is going to meet the road for these guys. Um, a team that was supposed to be a historically great defense, the Philadelphia 76ers are 31 and 20. They're sixth in the East. I don't care how awkward the fit is, how much time it was going to take, how many injuries they've had, and they've had some. Josh Richardson is hurt now. That is a disappointment. Al Horford voiced some comments today that I think are being sensationalized a little bit about how we've got to call some people out in the locker room or some such thing. What's going to happen here? Can they do anything at the deadline, or is this a wait-and-see-how-they-do-in-the-playoffs kind of thing?
1: I mean, Zach, short of making a wholesale trade of one of their elite core max players, which there's been no suggestion they're ready to do that. You know, Even Al Horford, who's still trying to figure out how to play with that group, what his role is, what they need from him. The feeling in Philly is we need Al Horford to beat the Bucs. We need his size. We need to be big against them. And so you look around the periphery on their roster, the Mike Scotts, the Zaire Smiths, a first-round pick. It's not going to bring back much. And we talk about it's a team that needs shooting. They really have missed J.J. Redick. Uh, they, they knew they wouldn't be able to afford to keep him. But everybody, we, we said it earlier, every contender would love to add shooting. They, they will be outbid pretty much by anybody out there um, in terms of a guy who can really help them. They're going to have, their, their savior is going to have to be internally. And what what worries you about that team, Zach? And, and and Brett Brown uses this word a lot: the spirit of it. It's not just that they play poorly; it's sagging, nights, right. it's sagging right now. They don't compete. They don't look like they enjoy playing with each other. There, there are a lot of reasons to be concerned. You can't about the you can't ten. let Jimmy Butler, the guy you let go away, just whip you
0: three times now this season. Um I we've all heard almost no chance any of the starters or Matisse Thybul are getting traded. So again, the solution is going to have to come within. And by the way, I do think they match up well with the Bucs as well as you can match up with the 43 and 7 team. It's the Raptors, the Pacers, the Celtics, all those teams that, you know, you got to get by those teams too. And then they're going to have to play better. Let's get into some swing teams that can really dictate how this market unfolds. And I think the most obvious one is Oklahoma City filled with veterans, Steven Adams, Danilo Gallinari. already mentioned Schroeder. Chris Paul, I think is probably untradeable with that contract. They, those guys are coveted. They're good players.
1: What's the sense of Oklahoma City as we bear down on the deadline here? Sam Presti is you know, essentially telling people, come with your best offers. You know, they, they have almost one of everything. You want a combo guard. You got Dennis Schroeder. You got a forward in Danil Gallinari. You got a starting level center in Steven Adams, who's who's a winning player, who makes could certainly there's teams with some needs in the middle. Atlanta, by training for Capella, they're off the board for Adams. You know, and essentially they're saying is we can go into the summer um, and, and keep these guys. We could do sign and trade, a sign and trade for Gallinari. Um, or you know, we could move them now if we get a deal we like. But this team is probably overachieved. Billy Donovan, I think, is a coach of the year candidate in the NBA. I think in that city, that community, they've really enjoyed this team. And Chris Paul is playing some of his best basketball in years. And so I think they're open for business. It's possible they do one deal. It's possible they do multiple deals or none, but they don't feel a pressure that they have to do anything. I would love them to go the
0: other way Buy, get a quality wing in there. And that's a team that nobody wants to see in the playoffs. And they've made those calls too. love it. That's what I want. Let's get to Miami because Miami, I think, is better than they anticipated being. And when they see a window, you,
1: you called it in Miami. I, you I've, called it on Miami. I'm wrong about music. a lot of stuff. I was right Not on that now. one.
0: But, and, you know, Pat Riley. When he sees a window, he is going to punch his fist through it as hard as he can to try and get in there. They have Justice Winslow, who's injured, and we don't really know when he's coming back. They have a ex- couple of expirings. Uh, trading a pick is difficult for them, but you know they're going to try and do something. Is there anything out there? I think they are still very much a
1: sleeper team for Andre Iguadala in Memphis. I mean, it fits them perfectly if he fits their DNA. Uh, I think that's a team to continue to watch between now and 3 o'clock on Thursday. Another thing to keep in mind with Miami is they make deals. They want to keep some cap flexibility, some space for 2021 when there's a certain free, potential maybe, free agent, maybe. potential free agent from Milwaukee named Giannis Antetokounmpo. Pat Riley will always be big game hunting. That's the biggest game on the horizon. And, and they, I think they would have
0: liked to have gotten in on Drew Holiday, but they're not, I, I would be very surprised if they traded Tyler Hero or any of young player that of that level or better to get in that conversation.
1: And, and so far, New Orleans has signaled they are not interested in moving Drew Holiday before the trade deadline. Uh, we'll talk about
0: some other swing teams when we get back, including the teams that are still getting over Kawhi Leonard and one that just fired its president of basketball operations. Come back and hang with us. Welcome back to the Woj Low Trade Deadline Special, and let's talk about the rollicking race for the number eight seed in the Western Conference, currently being held by the Memphis Grizzlies. You, you used to have to win like 47, 48 games to get
1: in the playoffs in the West, not
0: anymore. And, and yet, seven and eight in the West is still way better than seven and eight in the East. Yes. Um The Spurs are trailing that race. They have a 22-year consecutive playoff streak tied for the longest ever Um, they also have some veterans who may or may not have trade value in LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, and Rudy Gay, and a bunch of young players kind of waiting in the wings. No one quite knows what the Spurs are ever going to do. They
1: rarely make trades at this time of year. What's the sense? Well, the, the sense that I've gotten with the Spurs is, you know, they have really put up on their board all the different scenarios, some of which include liquidating everybody. How many young assets and picks could we get for our veteran players, or let's go out and try to improve this team and get in the playoffs. But, you know, they have explored deals with DeMar DeRozan, with LaMarcus Aldridge, I think Rudy Gay, there's not a lot of value out there for him right now. Uh, But they've asked for a lot from teams. And those are two players who, you know, any contender might have some interest in, you know, DeRozan can opt out of his deal. You know, he's looking for a big extension. Uh, Aldridge is signed through next season. Uh, But the sense now I think is, They'll probably go forward with these guys and then address it in the offseason. Even if DeMar DeRozan was going to leave in free agency, they could still work a sign and trade, get something for him, but it feels like they still would like to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I think they would. They're, they're proud of
0: that streak and they should be proud of that streak. It's, it's, it means, it's meaningful. It means something. We compete. It's not just win or bust in the NBA title or bust. It means something to make the playoffs. DeRozan is kind of like the guard Andre Drummond where the rest of the league is like, that player option kind of freaks us out it's a lot of money do we think he his old school game kind of drives winning as much as we need it to and aldridge they made i thought a a puzzling decision to guarantee his contract for next season at a big number whereas if they wanted to trade him when it was partially guaranteed it was i think more attractive so uh we'll see let's talk about the team that they traded Kawhi leonard to the defending champion toronto raptors second in the east 37 and 14 i think just an absolute remarkable story um a thrill to watch a really fun team to watch and, and by the way i think they're real yeah. i don't see why they're any less real than boston indiana philadelphia you name it in the east and i'll tell you this they're not afraid of the bucks they respect the bucks but they're not afraid of them
1: there is uh, this is such a tough-minded veteran team with a young star and pa- pascal siakam who just gets better and better went from most improved most improved player to an all-star this year, a max player, and they want to get him in the playoffs. They want to get him more reps in the postseason. Before the year, you thought, well, maybe at the trade deadline, Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka, who are going to be free agents, maybe they might look to move them. No way. They want to add players. Those are players they could re-sign in the offseason. And what Masayo Jerry has shown you with his front office, the idea of trading for some late first round pick, they can get undrafted players who get in the rotation. Rookie Terrence Davis, Pascal Siakam was the end of the first round. They don't need your first round picks to your uh, bad har- ones. Yeah, they get, don't need your low to, harv- first round to harvest the league, to harvest the world for talent. They are all in, and and again, another team you don't want to play in this postseason. If they could find a way to not,
0: everyone talked about selling those players for assets. If they could find a way to buy. If they could get one more shooter. That becomes a really dangerous team They can make a real run to try and defend its title. I just don't know how they'd do that without putting OGN and Obi in a deal. That's the asset that swings it. And, and Masai Ujiri is a, as sharp as they come. Um, and his trade record suggests he doesn't put young players that talented into deals. He waits until you can get things at the price he wants. Speaking of Masai Ujiri, uh, he is much rumored to be, uh, James Dolan's, uh, everything of choice to run the New York Knicks now that the Knicks have a little vacuum of power at the top. Um, what's happening with them at the deadline, and are, are they willing – can they get Masai Ujiri? And by the way, if I'm Masai Ujiri, for whoever's running that team, I want to make this draft pick they have coming up, and
1: I want to pick the coach, right? Well, no question. And I think the whole question for Jim Dolan is, who does he want – what kind of autonomy does he want to give? Here's what he has not done in any of his recent searches. Maybe back to Donnie Walsh, who was the most accomplished executive, who had had a, a sterling NBA career as a GM – He's not said, I'm going out into the marketplace and I'm going to find the best available, credible, accomplished executive to come to the New York Knicks. He's not done that. And it is still a question this time if he's going to do that. He's got some interest in the agent community. And the sense that I've gotten is as much as he's coveted Masai Jerry, the hurdles that it would take to get there from uh, draft compensation to Toronto allowing him out of his contract to Masai wanting to do this. He seems that he has lost his desire to go forward and chase that. And you, you always wonder about the process and the people Jim Dolan listens to when he makes these important hires for the Knicks. I can't believe we're still talking about this, that we're still having these conversations about. They, they, they're going to have to go out
0: and get someone with experience with the track record. I think Masai would be perfect there. I think he would do a great job
1: there. And, you know, we'll see. Exactly. There's any number of top executives in the NBA for as dysfunctional as New York has been they would line up for the chance to run the Knicks and try to do it at Madison Square Garden. Well, back to the trade that when we come back. We'll talk about players we would like to see and deals
0: we would like to see. Let's speak it into existence like LeVar Ball. <laughs> Welcome back to the Woj Low Deadline Special. It's time to... Speak things into existence, our wish list, our trade deadline wish list, not reporting, not anything with sources, just stuff we'd like to see happen. I'm going to start with Orlando. I have a little fetish for the Orlando Magic. Uh, They're 22 and 28, disappointing after their successful season last year. I just, I think it's time for Aaron Gordon to be on another team. He, he, they keep squeezing him in as a wing; it's not working. I want to see him go somewhere where he can be a power forward in and in a in floor spacing and be a little bit of a playmaker. And also, I'm puzzled. It's interesting; that we haven't heard anything on Evan Fournier, who's a good player on an expiring contract. Who. It's going to cost a lot of money
1: to re-sign. Well, Gordon's a player they've listened to. They, they've had some conversations, but it's going to take a lot for them to move him, especially in a year where they lost Jonathan Isaac, who was is playing, you know, the best basketball of his career. And Al Farouk And Al Farouk
0: they, They'd still like to be in the playoffs. And they should. I mean, again, playoffs have meaning, especially down there. I just It just feels like it's kind of grown stagnant mm-hmm. there. Uh, I'd also love to see Denver go a little bit all in but i i just don't know who the guy is for them right i can't if if it's not drew holiday i don't know who it
1: is yeah i I think if new orleans was ready to move on drew holiday and again we still have what 21 and a half hours 22 hours i don't know what my math is here uh, till the trade deadline. So far, they have not done that. Zach, New Orleans has been like, unless someone absolutely blew us out of the water on drew Holiday, they've got them under contract beyond this season. You know, they want to keep seeing what that team looks like with Zion. You know, Denver's got the assets. They've got a surplus of talent. Now, they lost a little bit of it with the trade last night. Malik Beasley, who uh is a player who but certainly helped pick. them. Got a pick. And, you know, Gary Harris is a player who uh this hasn't been his best season, but I still think Gary Harris is a really good young shooting guard in this league and 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 they do love him uh they they, Mike Malone and Tim Connolly really have a soft spot for him in Denver and the guy I think they would have
0: gone all in for is Bradley Beal and had Washington not signed him to that extension before the season he would have been the bell of the ball he would have been the word on everyone's lips and now it now it
1: waits right there would have been a bidding war unlike anything we've seen um in the league for beal and and maybe that still comes again in the future i hope and and i believe with bradley beal he believes in that commitment he made to dc he wants to make it work with the wizards that's cool it it is he's he went anti everything we've seen in the league but the the losing is frustrating well i guess it's the summer for bradley beal for us it's
0: 21 and a half hours lots of stuff is going to happen thanks for joining us we'll see what happens